Casey. This is Graham Rogers. Chris Hayes, Taylor Story are still on strike because I refuse to pay them, so it is just me this week. But we are at the halfway point of the NFL regular season, completed week nine, previewing week 10 today. What we do know is that three teams that had high expectations are led by potential Hall of Fame quarterbacks behind really bad offensive lines. Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers still trying to get things figured out. As we get closer and closer to the playoff picture being decided, and they may or may not be in it. So, with that, let's dive into previewing Week 10. So first up, we started off Week 10 on Thursday night, the Panthers hosting the Atlanta Falcons. And if the Panthers could play the Falcons every single week, uh, they would probably win the Super Bowl. So Panthers win 25-15 at home. Uh, Dante Foreman, good performance again. 31 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I think as the season goes on, that's going to be a little bit more of a split between him and Chuba Hubbard once he gets healthy. But if you have Foreman, you are happy you've got him. Um, I don't know if that will last through the fantasy playoffs, so I would be careful if you've got a trade trade deadline coming up. It might be time to move off of him before that becomes a split. Just like we see in Atlanta with Cordero Patterson, Caleb Huntley, Tyler Algier all getting touches and kind of cannibalizing each other within that offense. Coming up on Sunday, first game on the slate is the Seahawks at the Buccaneers. This is actually being played in Germany, kickoff 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Again, kind of talked about this offense with Tom Brady. We, we know they have the weapons. They've got Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, um, Kate Otten filling in at tight end looked good last week. But when you don't have a good offensive line, you know, the offense is going to struggle. Struggle. There's pressure on the quarterback. Brady isn't able to sit back there comfortably, go through reads, find Evans and Godwin downfield. It's got to be a lot of shorter stuff um, where they have to play a little bit slower um, and he's not able to kind of dissect everything uh, and really see what the defense is giving him. He just needs to get the ball out of his hands. And I think it's showing also in the efficiency in the run game or lack of efficiency with Fournette and Rashad White, who continues to eat into some of the workload there. As far as the Seahawks, again, one of the biggest surprises, um, you know, Geno Smith after some injuries last year could be comeback player of the year. I know people don't always think about that, but um, he did miss a lot of time last year due to injuries. Um, and so, you know, it'd be intriguing to see what this offense looks like against Tampa Bay, who really slowed down uh, the Los Angeles Rams this past week. But we also know there are issues with the Rams offensive line and their efficiency. Uh, I keep saying it. I think Tom Brady, I think this offense is going to get it turned around. I feel like we do this every single year where we count them out. And then by the end of the season, they have things figured out. They're playing well. Uh, usually doesn't take this long, nor do they have a four and five record usually. Um, and the Seahawks are playing well. Seahawks are actually underdogs in this game by two and a half. Um, I, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks are able to win. Kenneth Walker looks really good, probably on track to win Offensive Rookie of the Year right now. And so I, I would lean Seahawks in this one with that two and a half line uh, just because of the struggles that we've seen from Tampa Bay. Starting out the afternoon slate, we have the Vikings at the Bills. Right now, a lot of questions around Josh Allen and his UCL in his elbow, the injury that was kind of brought to light after last week. 
a little bit concerning. We know Josh Allen can still get fantasy points with his legs, uh, even if he's not 100%. But if you do have Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, um, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir, Dawson Knox, you start to get a little bit more worried. Um, and again, they've got a they've got a test coming up here after losing to the Jets last week, playing the Vikings, who are seven and one. Um, just an all around good team, probably the second best team in the NFC here. So. We want to see Josh Allen at full strength. Uh, he is questionable right now. I think he will play, um, but it does make me uncomfortable when it is a quarterback and we're talking about elbow issues, ligaments, uh, and things like that. So definitely something to monitor. Uh, you may see a little bit more Devin Singletary. Uh, Naheem Hines may get involved this week. And then, of course, James Cook as well. You could see a little bit more of those guys getting touches than them just airing it out left and right to Davis and Diggs. On the other side, you definitely play Jefferson. You have to start Dalvin Cook. He's been getting the majority of the touches out of that backfield, kind of keeping Alexander Madison on the sideline. Kirk Cousins looked good last week. TJ Hawkinson right away stepped in and got a number of targets, touches, receptions. So he looks good already in the offense. I think it does take away a little bit from Adam Thielen, but you know you probably didn't pay too much for Thielen right now. He is your third wide receiver, maybe a flex play, and I don't I don't mind that at all. I think this offense is good. This is one of the offenses we wanted to target in the offseason because of the weapons, because of the co- new coaching staff coming in, hopefully opening things up. And so I, I'm fine with Thielen being in your lineup as well. One of the games I, I would really target this week in DFS is going to be this Bears-Lions game. Um, it's in Chicago, so Soldier Field, Field gives me – a little bit of concern, but Justin Fields obviously went off last week, uh, mostly with his legs, but man, he he put it together. Cole Komet had two touchdown catches. Uh, he, he looks, is starting to look like an NFL quarterback, um, like the guy that we wanted him to look at coming out of college. It is his second coaching staff in two years, so give the guy some credit. And then they went and got Chase Claypool. And right away, you can see if he's got Claypool, Mooney, and Komet as options, we know they can run the ball both with him, but also with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert going up against the Lions defense. I expect this to be probably a high scoring game over under set at 48 and a half Chicago favored by two and a half at home. You know, with the Lions, a lot of injuries on that offense. Looks like Amon Ra is going to be good to go. Sounds like DeAndre Swift may get a little bit more workload than he did last week in his first game back. So there's an opportunity here for those guys to go big. If Even if you wanted to take Justin Fields but didn't want to pair him with a Komet or a Claypool or a Mooney, just play Amon Ra on the other side um, and count on Fields to score with his legs and then pick up players from other games, maybe one of those Vikings wide receivers or someone from these later games. Hopefully this does turn into a shootout and is an entertaining game. I think most of the Lions games have been. They have a bad secondary, and for the most part, they are able to score with their offense even when guys are not fully healthy. Next up, Broncos at Titans. Uh, Titans favored by 2.5 over under, and this game is gross at 39, so less than 40. Um, You know, again, on the Titans side, it's just play Derrick Henry. Um, Sounds like Tannehill is probably going to be the starter this week, not Malik Willis. Then on the Broncos side, coming off a bye, see how Russell Wilson looks. See how this backfield looks with Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray. I think those two are still probably going to split. Mike Boone is out, but they did trade for Chase Edmonds in that Bradley Chubb trade. will be interesting to see what his workload is in really his first game, even though they had the bye week. And then Russell Wilson throwing the ball to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Um, Which one of those guys is going to be getting more targets? It's starting to look like Judy is becoming more effective with Wilson. And then Greg Dulcich at tight end. I think if you've got him and you don't have one of the top end tight ends, like 
a Kelsey or a Kittle or one of those guys. Uh, Dulcich looks really good. He's looked like the best rookie tight end so far, um, and so I, I would be starting him if I had him. Jaguars at Chiefs is an interesting game. Over under set at 51. I think a lot of that is just banking on the Chiefs. I don't know if I would trust the Jaguars to be able to keep up and score like that, but um, it could happen. The Chiefs defense is not overly amazing, so they could give up points. Kansas City is favored by nine and a half at home. Mahomes is going to do what Mahomes does. You have to play Kelsey. Uh, a lot of options in the passing game for Kansas City. Miko Hardman actually has already been ruled out for this game. So if you've got Juju or MVS, Kadarius Tony, who just arrived and played in his first game with this team last week, I think you can play them. Uh, just know that there are going to be other guys that are going to get targets, such as Justin Watson, um, Noah Gray maybe as well. And then again, this backfield just... Confounds fantasy players everywhere. Pacheco named the starter. Uh, CEH starting to see less and less actual touches. McKinnon still involved on 33% to 50% of plays and touches. So it really is super touchdown dependent for that backfield. And we know Mahomes is going to throw touchdown passes to the wide receivers, to Travis Kelsey especially. So I don't know how much value there is in just one of those guys as of right now. Another game to target, I think, in DFS is the Browns at the Dolphins over under a 49. Miami favored by 30, or sorry, by three and a half there. Um, every single time you play Tua, you play Tyreek Hill, and you play Jalen Waddle. I think this is a game you can get away with playing Mike Gusecki as well. Um, I think the Browns are going to be able to score on the Dolphins' defense, and that could lead to a shootout. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both good options. It's really going to come down to touchdowns there. And then I'm becoming more and more of a believer in Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones in the passing game. David Njoku still ruled out, so Harrison Bryant will be the starting tight end. If you're searching at tight end, that's an option, but I feel much more comfortable, of course, with Cooper or DPJ. Those guys have been kind of alternating who's having the touchdowns, the big game, the big yardage games. Uh, I think in this one, they both could pay off uh, because the Browns are going to have to keep up with this Dolphins offense who are, who are going to score points. So if you do play a Justin Fields in DFS and you don't want to play a receiver on the other side, feel free to grab a wide receiver or two from this game to fill into your lineup. Next game, another game that's a little bit sneaky for points, I think, is going to be the Texans at the Giants. Over-under is only at 40.5. The Giants are favored by 4.5. Um, I think this has to be a smash spot for Saquon Barkley. Um, I think Daniel Jones, with his legs, could score points. And on the other side, they're... The Texans are going to have to try to play keep up. I don't know who the ball is going to go to. Still not sure if Brandon Cooks is going to play or if Nico Collins is going to play. He is questionable. Um, but even last week, you know, Philip Dorsett uh, filled in and probably got there given his price in DFS. And you know, on the other side, Wondell Robinson is an option. Sterling Shepard is an option. I do think they're going to be some points scored here and probably more than that 40 and a half over under. So Damian Pierce is going to get his touches. It's going to be 20 to 30. So he's going to get his points as well. So I wouldn't be afraid of grabbing pieces from this game as well in DFS if it's just a one-off. Saints at Steelers. Steelers coming off a bye week. Over-under is just 39.5, uh, which is interesting. I know the Saints put up 24 against the Raiders two weeks ago and shut them out, and then their offense last week looked terrible. Obviously, two weeks ago was a big Alvin Kamara game. Andy Dalton still looks to be the starting quarterback. Chris Olave, you play him every single week. I think he's a really good option this week as well. 
Um, and then it sounds like Jarvis Landry is going to be back this week, which should help this offense a little bit more. Steelers coming off the bye, first game without Chase Claypool. So Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, uh, definitely options. You know, again, the Najee Harris, Jalen Warren talk is just reaching, it feels like a crescendo right now of who's going to get the most touches, the most yards. Every metric shows that Jalen Warren is more efficient when he touches the ball, but Najee Harris was very good last year. I still think we're probably dealing with some sort of nagging injury here with Najee to make him not so effective. Um, and, you know, if you're not competing and somebody that is is really sick of Najee Harris, I wouldn't hate going and acquiring him in Dynasty. We'll talk about that next week with Taylor a little bit about his his thoughts on some Dynasty running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, and and going out and getting some guys for the future if you need it or some guys to help you win now uh, and what you would be willing to give up to get them. But Najee probably not going to be a running back one the rest of the way. I think they're going to be splitting snaps. But obviously, if anything happened to one or the other as far as injuries, uh, Warren or Najee could look like a pretty good workhorse for the rest of the year. First afternoon game, 405, Colts at Raiders, um, over under 41, Vegas favored by four and a half. Uh, new coaching staff in Indy. Looks like Deion Jackson is going to miss for Indy. Jonathan Taylor is going to play. We know they're without Naheem Hines after they traded him away. So Zach Moss, it looks like, who just came over from Buffalo, will be the backup. Um to me, I think that means Jonathan Taylor is going to get a lot of touches if Sam Ellinger can actually complete a pass to anybody this could be a pretty good game for Michael Pittman as well um, the tight ends again they're just three of them and I don't think the passing volume is going to be there let alone the efficiency and on the Raiders side uh, Devontae Adams squeaky wheel could get the grease had a big first half and then just disappeared in the second half somewhat sounds like because of coaching or at least that's what Devontae says uh, Darren Waller is out so again if you need to stream a tight end Foster Moreau is a good option on this offense and then Hunter Renfro also out. So Mac Hollins is another reach. He was the wide receiver one already one week this week. I don't anticipate that happening again against a, a pretty decent Colts defense, but he is an option if you are low on wide receivers or need a flex play. Also could be a decent play in DFS if you want that upside, um, but I do think there's probably a chance he's pretty highly owned with some of the news coming out about Waller and Renfro missing this week. Cowboys at Packers over under 44. I think my rule for Cowboys games has been go under. Same thing with Packers. A, because the Cowboys defense is really good. B, the Packers offense plays really slowly. Uh, they also have a lot of injuries to Romeo Dubs, to Randall Cobb. Uh, Christian Watson is questionable. Uh, so I would avoid everything Packers right now. I think Aaron Jones is questionable as well. I don't know right now with A.J. Dillon's uh, efficiency metrics if I would trust him. Kylan Hill would be the backup at running back in Green Bay. Um, but I do think you can play CeeDee Lamb. Ezekiel Elliott is potentially missing another game. If he does, you play Tony Pollard. I don't know how much interest I have in a Noah Brown or a Michael Gallup. Dalton Schultz still a good option at tight end. But again, I don't expect too many points in this game. So don't expect your players to be going for 20, 25, 30 points out of this one. 
Cardinals at Rams at 425 Eastern, over-under set at 40, a lowly 40 for these two offenses. Uh, Sounds like Matthew Stafford is questionable. Kyler Murray is questionable. Um, You know, James Conner came back to the Cardinals' backfield and I think got like 80% of the touches last week. So if you have James Conner, I think you can play him here. But I do think this game is going to be pretty low scoring, just like that 40-point total there. Rams are favored by three at home. Uh, You know, if these starting quarterbacks play, it's going to be don't play. Sorry, it's going to be ugly. And feel free to go grab these defenses uh, in your league if you need them or use them in DFS on the main slate. Um, I think Cooper Cup's still going to do his thing. Uh, I think Hopkins still going to do his thing. Outside of that, if there are backup quarterbacks in, I don't know how much I would trust Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, Allen Robinson, Tyler Higbee. And I really don't want anything to do with the L.A. backfield right now. And if you have James Conner, I think you're playing him because he's either your second running back or your flex play. And and that's probably safe. He's going to get his touches, his volume, um, and get you the points that you need. Sunday night game, Chargers at 49ers, over-under set at 45.5. San Francisco actually favored by 7.5 in this game. Uh, Looks like Keenan Allen is going to be out once again. Uh, So it does look like Josh Palmer is going to be the number one there. Um, I think it's another place you can fire up Gerald Everett as a good option in that passing game. Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert are must-starts pretty much every single week. And so don't question that at all. Looks like San Francisco is going to have Debo Samuel back this week, uh, which will help Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be interesting to see how much Debo, how many touches Debo gets uh, in the rushing game. Now that Christian McCaffrey is there, looks like Elijah Mitchell will be the backup running back. Probably will work in for some touches, but as we saw last week, they just want to get CMC the ball, which obviously is a good plan. I think Kittle, again, is reliable. Brandon Ayuk is going to give you some splash plays, so I don't have any question playing really anybody in this offense just because I think they are going to score points. It's just, who's going to get the touchdowns? Is it Debo, CMC? Is it Ayuk? Is it Kittle? Uh, They just have options pretty much everywhere, but we like pieces in good offenses, and this is one that you can target. Then on Monday night, we have the 8-0 Eagles at home against the Washington Commanders. A lot of news circulating about the Commanders and if they're selling the team, if they're not, investigations into the workplace issues there. Um, Hopefully they do sell. I think we just need to get the Snyders out of the NFL. We've had problem owners like this before in the past and get them out and everybody is better off for it. But you know, I expect this to be a blowout. Philly is favored by 11. Um, I think they can throw all over this Washington secondary. I think they can run all over this defense. So if you have Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, um, they're all pretty good options. They're going to be points scored by this offense. Then on the commander side, Going up against a good Eagles defense, I think you just have to hope that they've got to play catch up. At that point, Brian Robinson is pretty much useless, uh, and the running back you would want in this backfield is Antonio Gibson. So if you expect him to be the passing down back still while J.D. McKissick is out, which he has shown he is, um, Gibson is a good play. I think Curtis Samuel is going to have a role, of course, and then Terry McLaurin, again, kind of being resurrected by Taylor Henneke. Got no issue starting him. 
I'd be careful just because of how good this defense is, but I think Washington is going to have to be passing the ball, so McLaurin's going to get the volume. He will probably get the catches and the yards, and then you hope for touchdowns to pay off for him and or for Curtis Samuel or Antonio Gibson if you are an owner there. Uh, Four teams on by this week, the Bengals, Patriots, Jets, and Ravens, Um, but everybody else is in action coming up on Sunday, starting early uh, with the game in Germany. And again, when it comes to DFS, I will read off a couple of lineups that I've got here, just sample lineups uh, that could be played. So if you wanted to target Tua Tagovailoa in that game against Cleveland, you can fit in a Tua, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki stack. So not being able to afford Tyreek Hill in that one at running back. You can go Nick Chubb. I have plugged in Isaiah Pacheco as a cheap option here. I think Jarek McKinnon was a little out of reach on price, but if you could fit McKinnon in here, I might feel more comfortable with that because of the volume that he gets, the pass-catching work sometimes, and we haven't quite seen Pacheco get the red zone touches that CEH and McKinnon have gotten this year. Um, at wide receiver, the other two outside of Waddle, I went Amari Cooper as the run back, so I did go running back Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, wide receiver as run backs in that game. Again, if I'm expecting this game to have 50 plus close to 60 points scored uh cooper can get there on receptions and yards chubb can get there on yards and touchdowns as well i did plug in mac hollins as an inexpensive option at wide receiver i know he's probably going to be pretty chalky with the news about darren waller and hunter renfro being out in flex i have george pickens you know claypool is no longer there so things are really going to be consolidated around Friar Muth, Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens. And then I have the Broncos defense going up against the Titans offense again in a game that has 39 points projected to be scored. I don't mind that at all. If you do want to be a little bit different, go have Justin Fields as your quarterback. Um, Even if you choose not to stack him, I did. I stacked him with Darnell Mooney. Um, I ran it back with Amon Ross St. Brown on the other side at wide receiver. I did also have Chris Olave at wide receiver. And then you can see in this lineup, I've got Saquon Barkley going up against the Houston Texans at running back. Jarek McKinnon also at running back. He's questionable right now, but I, I expect him to play from everything I've heard. Foster Moreau is in at tight end. Again, looking at that Las Vegas offense and seeing all of the targets that are missing with Waller and Renfro. I like Hollins and Moreau. We know Devontae Adams will probably get his. My flex play, I went back to that Cleveland and Miami game, this time with Donovan Peoples-Jones in the flex spot. And then same game, Broncos-Titans, but this time went with the Titans defense uh, up against a Broncos offense that has struggled, especially with the loss of Javante Williams. And we know of Russell Wilson's uh, issues so far this year, whether it is Russ, whether it is the coaching staff, the offense, whatever it is, the offense has not been performing very well. They did well two weeks ago in England, or at least better than they were before. We'll see if that continues after the bye week. Last up, I did get quite different with Daniel Jones going up against the Houston Texans. Again, the ability for him to run the ball. I think that offense can score on the Texans defense. Uh, So at running back, paired him with DeAndre Swift and Damian Pierce. Swift, just an electric player, even with just 12 to 15 touches um, can get there at the price that he's at where he has dropped to Damian Pierce kind of as a run back with Daniel Jones. I did stack Daniel Jones with Wondell Robinson uh, at wide receiver. I went back to the Bears and this time uh, plugged in Chase Claypool. Second game back, expect him to get involved in the offense a little bit more. They're going up against the Lions secondary, which we know is bad. The over-under in that game is 48 and a half. 
Chris Olave uh, also at wide receiver for me. So again, the Saints offense against the Steelers defense, Olave just looks really good. Him and Garrett Wilson are no-brainers as far as just the top rookie wide receivers in performance right now. Tight end, I played Pat Fryermuth. So again, another target in that Steelers-Saints game uh, on the other side of Chris Olave. Got some correlation there. Flex spot, I did go C.D. Lamb um, against the Packers. If Ezekiel Elliott is out, I'm hoping that they are going to rely on the passing game a little bit more and not just hand the ball off to Tony Pollard against a, a pretty good front seven of the Packers in that one. And a defense correlated that with the Cowboys defense, thinking with how slow the Packers offense plays, if they don't have Aaron Jones, who has been a big piece of the offense as far as actually scoring touchdowns, getting points, um, that could be a pretty good option. We know that defense is really good, can get to the quarterback, stationary quarterback, and Aaron Jones without a lot of weapons on offense uh, that are able to get open, think it could be a pretty good game for that defense. So just a couple sample lineups there that you can explore, um, some players and some games that I am targeting, whether it's the Raiders offense against the Colts, the Steelers-Saints game has options, Giants-Texans, Dolphins-Browns as well, and then I think you can take some pieces from even Jaguars-Chiefs, Lions-Bears is a good one, and of course if you just want to start your studs, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, I know it's up against the Bills defense, but if Josh Allen does play, those are two very good offenses that can put up points. But that is it for this week, previewing week 10, some DFS. I will start paying Taylor and Chris's paychecks coming this week so that they can get back on and we can really dive into some dynasty stuff, um, how we see the rest of the season playing out and maybe what our projections are rest of season and looking back at things that for right now we got wrong this year and things that we got right and how we see those projections rest of year playing out. So thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, and we will be back with you next week.